Tom Sumner Program. Old fashioned radio for a new generation. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, Tom. You know that. Easy question. I'll debate Andy Dillon on your show. Well, uh, that's a very good question. Uh, Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm all right, Tom. How are you? You lucky day, Mr. Sumner. Ciao, Tom. How are you today? That's a good question. <laughs> Hi, this is actor, comedian Jonah Pody, and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, what's his name? Oh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner Program. Good morning, Tom. How are you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Our fellow Americans. Right now, the COVID-19 vaccines are available to millions of Americans. And soon, they will be available to everyone. The science is clear. These vaccines will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. They could save your life. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. That's the first step to ending the pandemic and moving our country forward. It's up to you. The Tom Sumner Program plays host to the best political roundtable on radio every Wednesday from 10 a.m. to noon. Armchair Politics features great commentary and analysis about the headlines from local, state, and national politics with an alumni of world-class pundits, plus quotes, tweets, and those weird and wanky stories we call the X-Files. If it's Wednesday, catch Armchair Politics on the Tom Sumner Program. This is Mayor Sheldon Neely, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Show. Yeah. Those fingers in my hair, that sly come here the stair, strips my conscience bare, it's witchcraft. And I've got no defense for it. The heat is too intense for it. What good would common sense for it do? Cause it's witchcraft. Wicked witchcraft. And although I know it's strictly taboo, too intense for it. Hey, welcome back, everybody. This is uh, the Tom Sumner Program as we roll into the third half of our three-hour tour, uh, opening up with um, one of the great musical collaborations in American music history, Frank Sinatra and Nelson Riddle. And we're going to be talking about Nelson Riddle with um, a fellow fellow boomer and uh, music lover and the author of a new book, called Nelson Riddle, Music with a Heartbeat. He is uh, from the UK. His name is Jeff Littlefield. He joins me by phone. Jeff, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you very much, uh, Tom. Thanks for having me on. Um, I was very pleased to hear Witchcraft, which you've just played, and uh, I think that epitomizes the Nelson Riddle sound, really. Yeah, I, it was hard for me to turn it down and to bail out of it. I wanted to let the whole song play. Um, is 
Do you think that's one of the, the greatest collaborations, as I suggested, uh, in American music history, Nelson Riddle and, and Frank Sinatra? I, I think it is. I mean, in um, in my book, Nelson Riddle, Music with a Heartbeat, as you've, you've already given the title out kindly, um, yes, um, that collaboration certainly is. I mean, it's pivotal to American popular music. And uh, in many respects, I don't know if your listeners are, are aware, but Frank Sinatra's career in the early 50s uh, had, had taken a nosedive and his contract at Columbia hadn't been removed. But Capitol Records to to um, reinvent him, really, uh, as a singer of swing rather than just the old ballads that he had been doing, albeit successfully. But his, his career at that point had taken a nosedive, and uh, they couldn't even give his records away to, to quote, uh, the producer at uh, Columbia at the time, Mitch Miller. So anyway, he he, he signed to Capital, um, but he wanted to take his um, his current arranger with him, who was, um, who was a very good arranger, Axel Stordale. But um, in Sinatra's own own terms, a song is only as good when you're singing standards. It's only as good as its arrangement, and he was loathed. Jeff, you're breaking up. I'm losing you a little bit. Oh, sorry. Um, I hope you can hear me better now. Can yeah. you? Yes. Yeah. Sorry about that. It's probably the signal at this end. Um, yeah, I was just I was just reaffirming there that uh, Sinatra's career was was uh, was going um, in in the wrong direction. But he signed with Capitol Re Records. They wanted to team him up with a new young arranger, Nelson Riddle. And Sinatra was very skeptical to begin with until he heard um, the first arrangement that um, Riddle had done for I've Got the World on a String. And that absolutely blew Sinatra away. And he said, who is this new guy? Uh, <laughs> and the rest is history, as they say. <laughs> um is that really uh, the collaboration with Frank Sinatra? Is is that kind of what put Nelson Riddle on the map, or was he already having some success? No, um, you're right to bring it up, Tom. He was had had previous success with Nat King Cole, of course, huh. um, and a, another Golden Voice, and. Um, yeah, at that point in time, actually, he was he was doing what they call he was ghostwriting arrangements for um, for an orchestra leader called Les Baxter, and he was ghostwriting, so he wasn't getting the credit on the labels. But um, even prior to that, he he'd written an arrangement for Doris Day of a song called Again, uh, which charted for Doris Day. And subsequently charted for um, Victor Moan as well. But he wrote the arrangement for Doris Day's record, and um, but didn't get credited. It was all ghost-written, as they, as they call it. Um, Les Baxter got him to write some tunes, some arrangements for Nat King Cole. And the first one, I'm sure your, your listeners will remember this one. It's, it's a huge hit uh, called uh, Mona Lisa. Oh yeah, and um, 
but if you see the record label, or if you or if you have a an old vinyl, or if you if you got it um, anywhere, you'll see you'll see that um, it says the orchestra is conducted by Les Baxter, uh, arranged and conducted by Les Baxter, but in fact it was actually uh, an arrangement done by Nelson Riddle. <laughs> now, Nat King Cole got wind of this and realised that Les Baxter, talented as he was as a band leader, um, he arranging wasn't his his uh, forte, and he he soon worked out that he uh, Les Baxter hadn't done the arrangement on Mona Lisa, and that it was Nelson Riddle, and he was very instrumental, no pun intended, in <laughs> in signing up Nelson Riddle for Capitol Records, and he became his go-to arranger um, for all, all of his early hits, like Mona Lisa, um, what else did he write, uh, what arrangements for was Unforgettable, how could I forget that? Um, yeah, so he'd Route been, 66. He'd been, uh, well, Route 66, of course, was, was for the TV series. That's a little bit later down the line, right, um, right. but I can, I can give you the story attached to that. So he was very successful with Nat King Cole, and um, and the story goes that Sinatra had heard of uh, Nelson Riddle prior to to um, hooking up with him in '53. But um, yeah, this is around 1950. They did Mona Lisa. Um, Nat King Cole hated the tune. He thought he just referred to it as that Italian song. <laughs> um, the the song had been had been um, played in a movie actually um called captain carey usa starring alan ladd and 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 the tune had been played it was part of the plot and it was an italian song um it was it was used it was a spy thriller i think um but yeah um nat king cole didn't like the tune at all but his producer said i think this would be a good tune for you to the record as, as a single Anyhow, he wasn't having any, any, anything to do with it uh, until he had Nelson Riddle's arrangement, or shall we say Les Baxter's arrangement, as was credited. <laughs> yeah, and um, he, he warmed to the idea, and of course it, it became one of his biggest hits. And, uh, and, and it was inducted, actually, into the Grammy Hall of Fame in the early 2000s. What about the money? with a, a, an arrangement, no pun intended, um, like yeah. that between um, someone who's credited for a piece and someone who did the work? Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, th th there is a difference, obviously, um, between you getting paid for an arrangement uh, and not um, being credited as such. Um, unfortunately, Arrangements are not copyrighted, so somebody can can um, use your arrangement and perhaps you know adapt it uh, as they see fit. But there's no co copyright arrangements like there are with compositions. Um, but the payment, yeah, was very scant. I mean, um, there's facts that would be getting the the lion's share certainly uh, for the arrangement um, as was then. Um, but I think uh, I think Nelson remarked at the time because uh, Nat King Cole said 
I saw you, you know, so I thought you were the copyist. That's somebody that copies the music, right? Um, you know, and, and puts it to the uh, orchestra, um, the arranger. I thought you were a copyist. I saw you in the, in the, um, in the fiddle section. Um, and he said, and, and then, and then the penny dropped. He said, I, I knew it wasn't the first Baxter arrangement. Um, and Nelson replied, well, as a matter of fact, he said, we were doing the copying. My wife and I were copying the charts, um, and it paid better than the arrangement. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. And, and yeah. a lot of people, Jeff, wouldn't know what a copyist was or even what an arranger was um, in, in this day and age. But at the time, most of the bands were really orchestras with um you know uh, a big brass section uh, of of trumpets and trombones and and wind instruments uh, largely saxophones with a rhythm section and somebody had to decide how all those pieces were going to play together to get the sound of that band and they would write that all out in sheet music and copyists would literally make out the the sheet music for each of the instrumentalists so if it was a band of 18 or 20 people they'd have to write out 18 or 20 different charts to be distributed to the band to play and, and that's that that's a great explanation and it was, a, it was a it was it yeah it was a ton of work and and that's oh. and, um in fact i used to um talk about I, I play a little music and I was explaining something um, to somebody about big band music and I said in big band music the chart is the art yes yes but it, it is and, and Sinatra was was always banging on about that you know he said you can have a great song but it's only as good as its arrangement and the arranger uh, and this is why he held um, Nelson Riddle in such high, high esteem, um, especially that, that genre of music. Uh, it may not apply to, to some other genres of music so much, but certainly, certainly with, with, the, with the standards. Um, I mean, for example, there's a great example of um, a song, I've Got You Under My Skin, which... Um, oh, yeah. Uh, you know, has become, you know, one of the pinnacles of the American popular music, as you know, uh, Sinatra version of that. Well, if you if you go back, Sinatra was singing that as early as 1946. That's um, seven years before his collaboration with Nelson Riddle. And he was singing, it's a Cole Porter composition, but mm -hmm. he was singing it as a ballad. There is no way today you would recognize that song as a ballad. You only recognize one version of that song. And it, effectively, Nelson Riddle changed the composition of that song. So you, you could almost say, well, you know, composed by Cole Porter and Nelson Riddle, because it's a totally different song Jeff, um, I, I, in the way it plays out. 
I, I hate to interrupt, but I have to take a short break here, and, and I, I love this conversation. Can you stick around for a few minutes so we can talk some more yeah, about this? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I'd love to. Excellent. Yeah, um, Jeff Littlefield is the author of Nelson Riddle, Music with a Heartbeat. We're going to let our broadcast partner squeeze a few words in or do whatever they do when we go to break. And if you're uh, streaming us at TomSumnerProgram.com, we have some messages as well, and then we'll be right back. Hello, darling. This is over. I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is working to help keep you and your community safe from the threat of novel or new coronavirus. If you have traveled to a country with a widespread outbreak of COVID-19, CDC recommends you stay home and check your health for 14 days after returning to the United States. Take your temperature with a thermometer two times a day. Watch for symptoms like fever, cough, and trouble breathing. And if you feel sick or have symptoms, call ahead before you go to a doctor's office or emergency room. Tell the doctor about your recent travel and your symptoms, and avoid contact with others. For more information, visit cdc.gov. Hi, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. If you like talk radio that makes you think without telling you what to think, check out our whole show weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern at TomSumnerProgram.com. Selected segments are also available on this and other radio stations, but you can hear us anytime. Daily editions of the Tom Sumner Program repeat online all day and night on the show's website. Past shows can be found in the website archives. My long-format interviews with New York Times best-selling authors, photographers and writers from National Geographic, as well as artists, musicians, candidates, and elected officials are made possible by listeners like you. Support the Tom Sumner Program and Civilized Talk Radio. Visit our website at TomSumnerProgram.com and become a member. You can make a one-time gift or become a sustaining patron by taking the link to the Tom Sumner Program Patreon page. Thanks for listening and thanks for your support. Have you lost your job and your health care coverage due to COVID-19? You're not alone, and Genesee Health Plan can help. I called, and they provided health care enrollment over the phone with Medicaid, HealthCare.gov, and Genesee Health Plan. They made sure I had access to doctor visits, my prescriptions, and more. Getting health care coverage can be confusing. You don't have to do it alone. Get help with GHP. Call 844-232-7740 or go to GeneseeHealthPlan.org. We're in this together, and together we'll get through it. Imagine a journey down a picturesque river. Imagine your Flint River, 142 miles of recreation, natural beauty, and precious resources. The Flint River is a vital resource that is available for all to use and enjoy. The river and its ecosystem provide unlimited recreational opportunities and natural beauty while supporting wildlife in a vibrant landscape. 
We all have a responsibility to protect and preserve this precious resource. Learn more at FlintRiver.org or call the Flint River Watershed Coalition at 810-767-6490. Technical assistance for the Tom Sumner Program is provided by Swiftlet Technology, engineering and IT services at swiftlet.technology. The Tom Sumner Program.com Hello, this is State Senator Jim Ananick, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, we continue my conversation with uh, Jeff Littlefield. He is the author of a new book called Nelson Riddle, Music with a Heartbeat. We certainly heard a little bit of that heartbeat uh, with um, another great collaboration, uh, Nelson Riddle with uh, Linda Ronstadt. And uh, they did an album together. Uh, and, and actually, after... Nelson Riddle's uh, career had had declined a little, um, and and it was uh, one of the early versions of a, a singer going back and doing old standards. Um, a lot of artists have done similar records since, but that was uh, one of the early ones. Anyway, Jeff joins me by phone. Jeff, welcome back. Thanks for uh, sticking around, and and sorry to make you sit through all that. No, no, thank you, Tom. Uh, it's a pleasure, pleasure to be on the show. Um, yeah, I mean, one thing we didn't, I mean, aside from obviously um, we've, we've covered briefly uh, the Sinatra-Riddle collaboration, and that's probably what Nelson will be best known for, but um, so many other vocalists he, he collaborated with, some of the top female vocalists you touched on, Linda Ronstadt, later on in his career there, but also Ella Fitzgerald, he did, um, you know, three or four groundbreaking albums with her, uh, one of which was a 59-tune uh, box set uh, comprising 53 vocals and six instrumentals. And uh, because Nelson was also an artist in his own right, um, I don't quite know how he squeezed it all in, but he was a workaholic for sure. Um, but he was an artist in his own right. So, so whilst looking after numerous vocalists like Ella Fitzgerald, du Judy Garland, and Keith Smith, and people like that, um, he was still able to um, uh, write his own compositions, which um, uh, which were hit making in their own right. What was it about Nelson Riddle that, that so many greats, you mentioned uh, Ella Fitzgerald, and of course we heard a little snippet of uh, him with um, Linda Ronstadt, but Peggy Lee and, and several others. Um, what was it about those collaborations 
that that caused them to be hits um was it and and why did singers want to work with nelson riddle was it just the quality of his talent or or did he have a personality that made him desirable to work with i think it's a bit of both actually uh, tom i mean the word genius is probably overused these days but <laughs> you could you could define him as a true genius right? um in the truest sense of the word um vocalists female or otherwise uh, all wanted to work with Nelson because he he had the singer in mind when when he arranged his music. <clears throat> so he was an, he would never overwrite, which um, which sets him apart from a lot of his contemporaries. Um, and he had a very distinctive sound. He he equated <clears throat> interestingly he equated um, each individual singer's voice with um, an instrument in the in the orchestra for example he worked with barbara streisand on the film uh, on a clear day you can see forever he he equated um, barbara streisand's voice with the oboe so he thought of it in terms of the vocalist being another part of his of his orchestra or band and um yeah it all these singers loved working with him because he had a very um, easygoing manner in terms of the of the of the singer. He would be very very uh, reverent and respectful, and write his arrangements tailored to each individual singer. There were no cookie cutter arrangements, and um, they liked that. Obviously, it showcased them to the, you know the best of their talents. Um, it, it's so but he wasn't so he wasn't so easy going sorry he wasn't so easy going with, with his musicians he demanded the best was and and so i'm guessing that means he was a little tough on the players he could be tough if their standards slipped um but he was also the perpetual student he was always asking them you know you know about each individual instrument and how they they felt about it what sort of sounds they could they could give him and yeah he, he was constantly studying right right throughout his career well um, it's so uh, interesting because um now most people by today's musical uh, preferences would not look at nelson riddle's body of work and think eclectic but it really was and we've heard two little snippets uh one of him with uh sinatra doing witchcraft which was very swingy and then and then we hear this very lush arrangement with linda ronstadt and and he wrote uh music for um the 1966 uh batman movie that's correct. Yes, that, that, that was that was kind of, um, you know, kind kind of rockish. Oh yeah, sure, sure. Well, he 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 wrote for TV and and film, uh, as you pointed out there. That was Batman the movie, um, starring Adam West and Burt Ward. If if your listeners remember that one, uh, nineteen sixty six, like you say, it came out. Um, but he he was nominated several times for Oscars, and finally won 
the Oscar for The Great Gatsby, starring Robert Redford and Mia Farrow. 1974, he finally got it over the line and received his Oscar for the best film school. Um, it, uh, he, he had hit records um, with TV themes. You mentioned earlier Route 66. Um, people may get confused with that. They may be thinking of the old um, sort of jazz standard, the, 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 the song Route 66. Um, that Nat King Cole made fair, pretty famous. Yeah, sure. Um, I think it was Bobby Tripp, actually, that wrote it and, and also performed it, I believe. Um, and I think, uh, yeah, I mean, but Nelson wrote the... Um, uh, that song is still a very cool uh, a cool uh, tune today. It, it, it's still played on, on radio today on a regular basis, Route 66. But that that was the theme to the TV series. Um, I, I believe the first season was in 1960, for those people that remember it, and it was it was a very successful TV series with uh, Martin Milner and George Maharish. Do you remember those those two actors driving around the country in uh, on Route 66? Is that the one, Jeff? That's the one. You got it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's... Um, I think um, Nelson was given 48 hours to come up with something, and he came up with a top a top 20 hit record <laughs> from a TV series, and I believe it was the first TV theme that charted. Well, I mentioned uh, sort of parenthetically that... Uh, that I used to play music, and uh, that little snippet we heard was from a band I was in, and what we did was uh, a mashup of the two Route sixty sixes. I, I picked up on the different intro. Yeah, I thought, hang on, this isn't this isn't the one I'm talking about. But yeah, oh, it's, it's nice the way that they, um, yeah, they they morphed into one another. It was wonderful. Yeah, yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, and, yeah, and we yeah. we go through the the theme from uh, Route sixty six one time, the TV show, and then it goes into the full uh, Route sixty six uh, Bobby Troop song. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. Yeah, well, I think that's what uh, the producer, I, I, I believe, from what I've un, uh, I understand, and um, and it's well documented anyway. So I'm not giving anything away from my book, particularly. But um, <laughs> no spoiler. Uh, no, no, no. Um, but um, yeah, there was quite an interesting conversation anyway um, between the producers and Bobby Troop. Um, but I, I won't go into great detail. Um, but yeah, I, I must mention actually in my book um, there are very sin significant contributions from Christopher Riddle, who is uh, the musician's son of Nelson Riddle and who is also the leader of the uh, Nelson Riddle Orchestra. I was going to um, ask about that because I've, uh, you know, seen a number of uh, big bands that are still playing around, and very often it's uh, the son or one of the younger members of the band that carries on the band name, and I, and I wondered if that was the case. Yeah, it was. I mean, but Christopher has got a, list, a lot of history and, and gives a lot of, personal first-hand accounts in my book um he he joined his father's orchestra um when he was 19 years of age 
back in 1969 and um you know was present at quite a few of the uh and has backed a lot of the top vocalists as part of his dad's orchestra so it was, it was perfectly natural when uh, when nelson passed away that uh, christopher would become the leader of the nelson riddle orchestra or nro as we call it and he tours the uk on quite a regular basis and um of course we're stymied at the moment, but um, he's also looking to, to tour the US when uh, when tour dates are available again. Um, and there could be some quite interesting uh, vocalists or headliners appearing with the Nelson Riddle Orchestra. So um, perhaps you, you, your listeners uh, would look out for that because I, I know he's looking to do a nationwide tour. This happens to be the centenary of... Uh, year of nelson riddle's birth so it's a hundred years oh that makes me wonder um jeff you know i mentioned earlier that that you were a boomer and a music lover like me but um what what put nelson riddle on your radar so significantly that that you decided there was a book in it Right, yeah, I've got to sort of rewind a little bit to when I started out in the, uh, sure. in the music business, sort of 20-odd years ago. Um, I first started out in music management, and um, do you remember a, well, a great, great singer uh, of yours, American singer, Vic Damone? Yeah. Yeah, um, who Frank Sinatra said had the best set of pipes in the business. Well, I, I, for some reason... Anyway, there was a campaign going on, which I got involved in. Somebody asked me to get involved in a Grammy campaign, Vic Damone. And um, I met up with his son, Perry, Perry Damone, who was setting up a music management um, business. And he wanted to uh, have an office size of the pond. So I ended up um, in partnership with him, business partnership with him. And I got into the music management business there, personal management, managing... Uh, some American artists and such like. And uh, it was a natural progression then, really. Um, and, and some years ago, I met up with Christopher Riddle, and, um, who mistakenly um, took me as being an agent stroke promoter. Uh, <laughs> and I was, at great, I was at great pains to mention, no, I'm not an agent, and I'm not a promoter, and I never intend to be. <laughs> Thanks very much. Um, but my business... Um, after Perry Damone sadly passed at a very early age, um, he predeceased his father. In fact, uh, back in 2014. Now, um, but uh, my business involved uh, evolved um, to encompass um, film, music, and sport of all things. These are my passions. So, it's it's very much a 360 degree business. Um, but as regards getting involved in writing I'd, I'd written um you know early on in my my life a few articles which were published i had an exclusive interview with victor moan which was published um i then got into doing a master um, a master class on screenwriting uh, which i attended and um i've written a couple of screenplays uh, for films in development so it's sort of a natural progression when christopher uh, mentioned his father's centennial, and um, he 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 was giving me all these anecdotes. I said, "Look, I think there's a book there, really." I said, "I know there 
there has been previous books on on your father, but you know I think um, that perhaps we can inform people and and entertain them along the way um, with some some stuff that hasn't been covered before, like uh, Nelson's film career. So you know I have a soft spot. I don't know about you, being a baby boomer, I have a soft spot for the 1950s and 60s Hollywood. Oh yeah, you know, which I consider to be a golden era in both in terms of films and music. And uh, I wanted to bring a little, little bit more of a flavour to my book um, because there's a lot of movies that Nelson scored which people wouldn't have been aware of. Um, so, so I don't just give the, you know, the sort of act, um, the nod to the music necessarily, although obviously I point out um, the arrangements that, uh, and uh, compositions that Nelson has... Um, contributed to the movies but I also try and give a little bit background to the movie itself because I think it's an overall team effort and um and then you can see how Nelson's um score fits in with the with the type of movie um for example um he did a movie with Stanley Kubrick in fact he did two two movies with Kubrick uh one's very well known called Lolita um and he i think he was nominated for that but uh, but didn't win but um but uh, but it's a great score um he also did another movie with kubrick called red line 5000 which is um a motor racing film and um it sort of crept under the radar really that that movie but nielsen's score epitomizes the, the the danger of the track and everything else. It's if if you haven't seen the film, it's worth checking out. It's got a number of fans at quite high level. Even Quentin uh, Tarantino rates it as one as one of his best um, at the best racing movies. Um, so he did. Yeah, his work was very eclectic, as you pointed out. Um, but yeah, it just he, he was around. He was a household name at that time. In in the golden era of Hollywood, and um, and like I say, aside from Sinatra, which is probably best known for, um, there's so many other collaborations with singers like Johnny Mathis. Um, do your people, would your people, um, good people of Michigan, uh, Flint, Michigan, know of um, a UK singer called Matt Monroe? I'm not sure. Well, if I say I'm born free, oh, of course. Um, Portrait of My Love, um, uh, the, the Italian, the theme from the Italian job on days like these. Yeah. Um, you, you, you probably, a sure. man with a velvet voice. Um, yeah, I mean, Nelson did a, did an album with Matt Monroe. I think it's Nelson, uh, Matt Sings and Nelson Swings. <laughs> but that was an, an album which was very successful over here. You know, Jeff, we just have a few minutes left, but I but I do want to touch on something, um, and and it's this idea of credit. We talked a little bit earlier about some of the the work that Nelson Riddle did that he didn't get credit for, um, but then later, in a way that was very unusual for bands that were accompanying singers, he very often got credit. How unusual was that to see um, 
you know, the singer's name with top billing, but with the Nelson Riddle Orchestra. Um, how was that a little bit unusual? Was he breaking some new ground there? And, and how much of that was uh, done because of the work that he had done that he didn't get credit for? No, I think it, it just reflected his stature um, ah. at, at that time, really. Um, no, I think I think um, you know the the vocalists um, concerned that was helping to sell the, the the records at the time. The fact that it was and with the Nelson Riddle, you know, uh, arrangements or or conducted and arranged by Nelson Riddle became um, a very um, a very popular thing on TV screens at the time. Um, he used to get you know quite. Uh, like like you you intimate there um quite a, a high billing um he would almost be part if you look at some of these tv shows um in uh, rolling credits um he was very high profile because um i think like i say he was a household name at, at that particular time um and then of course later on when linda, linda ronstadt contacted him uh, uh, he met a new generation of fans in the early 80s. Which was really, really phenomenal um, because, you know, the at that time, there weren't a lot of artists bringing back the old tunes, and, and it was uh, a perfect way to reintroduce Nelson Riddle. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Linda was quite insistent. Um, she wanted to do the standards. Her record label at the time, Electra, um, thought it was a really bad idea, um, but she she um, insisted, and 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 then she had a right to do so because she she'd earned millions for the labels. Um, she was the first lady of rock at the time, and um, and um, and Nelson was elated because he was approached by her, um, and it was quite daunting for her because she'd never sung with a full orchestra before. Don't forget. Um, so, you know, uh, there were a lot of nerves there. Um, but once again, um, he wrote his arrangements with her in mind uh, and didn't overwrite and created a space for her to showcase that, that wonderful voice of hers. It's and, a great um, album. Well, they did three, actually, Tom. Um, you got What's New, Lush Life. Uh, they all won Grammys. They all went platinum. And the last album, which was, uh, Nelson had just passed, but he'd already written the arrangements, uh, was entitled For Sentimental Reasons. So you've got um, three albums there, and, um, and they all outsold uh, Linda Ronstadt's previous albums as a rock star. <laughs> it's amazing, really. It is amazing. And and started a trend because now you know just about every pop singer um, at some point goes back and does a standards album. Some are better than others, but as, as you yeah, probably that's well, right. as yeah. you probably well but she, know, she was the pioneer. Yeah, you're absolutely right. But she was she was the forerunner. She was the one that the first one really. Jeff, we've uh, got to we, switch codes. We've got to wrap it up here, but I, I feel like we could talk about this all day. Um, no, it's wonderful. Thanks, uh, Tom. I always, and just uh, just before we go, can I just um, you know give a t full title of my book as well, Nelson Riddle, uh, Music with a Heartbeat, and uh, and people can get that on all the um, 
you know, the usual places, Amazon and Barnes and Noble. Do you have so a website a as well, Jeff? Um, there is a website um, which somebody's managing for me, getmybook.tv. Um, so that's another that's another uh, website. Well, uh, Jeff Littlefield, it's been an honor and a, and a pleasure to uh, get a chance to talk with you and get to know you a little bit. Good luck with the book and, and all of your work. Thank you very much, Tom. Hey. It's, uh, it's been a pleasure <laughs> to meet you. Thank you. Take care. And guess what? You're listening to the Tom Sumner Show right now. And now, and now too, and even now. Our lives have been turned upside down by COVID-19. When a vaccine becomes available, it's critical that all of us get it. What we do as individuals will impact everyone's health, including those who can't get the vaccine. We won't get through this unless everyone takes part. Now is the time to get up to date on all recommended vaccines for both kids and adults. Experts say it's more important than ever for everyone to get their flu vaccine this year. And if you're older, you should get both the flu and pneumonia vaccines, since both illnesses can make COVID-19 even worse. Vaccines are available at a lot of convenient places, so be an example for friends and loved ones and encourage them to get vaccinated too. We all want to reunite, travel, and get back to school and work. But that means we all need to get on board. This is the time to do what's right for each other. Get vaccinated. It's our best shot. Hey, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. Catch me and a gaggle of great guests weekdays on Our Voices Radio, WFOVLP 92.1 FM. You never know who might drop by. Joe Biden from the Blue Hawaiian. Dan Serling. Congressman Dan Kildee. Alexander Zondrick. Actor, comedian Joe Napote. Woodrow Stanley. U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow. State Senator Jim Annanick. Comedian Brian McCree. The unknown comic. Mark Farner. And Tom, I want you to know Tom's my friend. You, you've always got great questions, and you know the material, and you, and you care about it, and it's, uh, it's, that's impressive. Nice to be with you, Tom. And I admire you for reading all of that. I haven't read the whole thing. I'm willing to admit that. Hey, Tom, this is my favorite interview all It's like having coffee at the kitchen table with you. Tune in Monday through Friday from 9 to 12 right here on 92.1 of a Kind. And check out our website at TomSumnerProgram.com. East Village Magazine is the monthly neighborhood magazine read all over Flint. With support from grants, donations, and advertisers, East Village Magazine's talented local writers give you an in-depth look at local news, issues, and people that make Flint, Flint. Copies of East Village Magazine are available at many of your favorite shops and restaurants around Flint or online at eastvillagemagazine.org. East Village Magazine, community-focused and community-supported. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods and in the diverse city beyond. Where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air. Where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums. Where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses and where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. 
Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County, where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at michigan.org. MTA Flint is nationally recognized for continually seeking to provide sustainable, reliable, and cost-efficient transportation for individuals throughout the region. Through work-related and non-emergency medical transportation and your ride services, MTA is moving people with future and alternative fuel technologies. More information about MTA Flint and specialized services is available at mtaflint.org. The uneasy feeling Rod Serling is behind one of those doors. Rod Serling. Rod Serling. What's this, the Twilight Zone? Where is everybody? I would have been headed for the Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone. If I go any lower, I'll be in the Twilight Zone. All right. Oh, but Jethro's right at home in the Twilight Zone. <laughs> I'm in the Twilight Zone. Now, having made this little jaunt into the Twilight Zone, I got a feeling something strange is about to happen in the Twilight Zone. Hi, this is Ann Serling, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Hail to the chief, he's the chief and he needs hailing. He is the chief, so everybody hail like crazy. Hail to that's more or less. Hail to the chief, if you don't, I'll have to kill you. I am the chief, so you better watch your step. But to get there, we can't let our guard down. This fight is far from order, from over, as I told the woman in Pennsylvania. I'll tell you the truth. A July 4th with your loved ones is the goal. But a goal, a lot can happen. Conditions can change. The scientists have made clear that things may get worse again as new variants of the virus spread. And we've got work to do to ensure that everyone has confidence in the safety and effectiveness of all three vaccines. So my message to you is this. Listen to Dr. Fauci, one of the most distinguished and trusted voices in the world. He's assured us the vaccines are safe. They underwent rigorous scientific review. I know they're safe. Vice President Harris and I know they're safe. That's why we got the vaccine publicly in front of cameras. So for the world to see, so you can see us do it. The first lady and the second gentleman also got vaccinated. Talk to your family, friends, your neighbors, the people you know best who've gotten the vaccine. We need everyone to get vaccinated. We need everyone to keep washing their hands, stay socially distanced, and keep wearing the mask as recommended by the CDC. Because even if we devote every resource we have, Beating this virus and getting back to normal depends on national unity. And national unity isn't just how politics and politicians vote in Washington, or what the loudest voices say on cable or online. Unity is what we do together as fellow Americans. Because if we don't stay vigilant and the conditions change, then we may have to reinstate restrictions to get back on track. And please, we don't want to do that again. We've made so much progress. This is not the time to let up. Just as we were emerging from a dark winter into a hopeful spring and summer is not the time to not stick with the rules. 
I'll close with this. We've lost so much over the last year. We've lost family and friends. We've lost businesses and dreams we spent years building. We've lost time, time with each other. And our children have lost so much time with their friends, time with their schools. No graduation ceremonies this, this spring. No graduations from college, high school, moving up ceremonies. You know, and there's something else we lost. We lost faith in whether our government and our democracy can deliver on really hard things for the American people. But as I stand here tonight, we're proving once again something I've said time and time again to the probably tired of hearing me say it. I say it to foreign leaders and domestic alike. It's never, ever a good bet to bet against the American people. America is coming back. The development, manufacture, and distribution of vaccines in record time is a true miracle of science. It's one of the most extraordinary achievements any country has ever accomplished. And we also just saw the Perseverance rover land on Mars. Stunning images of our dreams that are now reality. Another example of the extraordinary American ingenuity, commitment, and belief in science and one another. And today, I signed into law the American Rescue Plan, an historic piece of legislation that delivers immediate relief to millions of people, includes $1,400 in direct rescue checks, payments. That means a typical family of four earning about $110,000 will get checks for $5,600 deposited if they have direct deposit or in a check, a treasury check. It extends unemployment benefits. It helps small businesses. It lowers health care premiums for many. It provides food and nutrition, keeps families in their homes, and it will cut child poverty in this country in half, according to the experts. And it funds all the steps I've just described to beat the virus and create millions of jobs. In the coming weeks and months, I'll be traveling along with the First Lady, the Vice President, the Second Gentleman, members of my Cabinet, to speak directly to you, to tell you the truth about how the American Rescue Plan meets the moment. And if it fails at any pace, I will acknowledge that it failed, but it will not about how after long, dark years, one whole year, there is hope and light of better days ahead. If we all do our part, this country will be vaccinated soon. Our economy will be on the mend. Our kids will be back in school. And we'll have proven once again that this country can do anything, hard things, big things, important things. Over a year ago, no one could have imagined what we were about to go through. But now, we're coming through it. And it's a shared experience that binds us together as a nation. We are bound together by the loss and the pain of the days that have gone by. We're also bound together by the hope and the possibilities of the days in front of us. My fervent prayer for our country 
is that after all we've been through, we'll come together as one people, one nation, one America. I believe we can and we will. We're seizing this moment and history, I believe, will record. We faced and overcame one of the toughest and darkest periods in this nation's history. Darkest we've ever known. I promise you, we'll come out stronger with a renewed faith in ourselves, a renewed commitment to one another, to our communities and to our country. This is the United States of America. And there's nothing, nothing, from the bottom of my heart, I believe this, there's nothing we can't do when we do it together. So God bless you all. And please, God, give solace to all those people who lost someone. And may God protect our troops. Thank you for taking the time to listen. I look forward to seeing you. It's spreading like a plague And POTUS and his lackeys have been nothing if not vague Well then you've got to trust the CDC and listen well Unless you want to bid our free society farewell There is a super bad transmittable contagious awful virus And if we don't act quick and social distance it will mire us In a stretch of quarantine that lasts until July A super bad transmittable contagious awful and if you got a better cough in your arm, and if you got a better... <coughs> now, back in 1918, influenza had its run. But half the docks were busy overseas with World War I. Today we have mass media and scientists to say, if you don't want this virus, well then stay six feet away. Super damn important that we practice isolation, because we are asymptomatic while it's an incubation. We'll overwhelm our hospitals if there's not mitigation. It's super damn important that we practice isolation. If we don't do it, then we're all gonna die. If we don't do it, then we're all gonna die. And so I hope at last you'll take this lesson here to heart. Cause it's already scary and we're only at the start. If you get bored, just think of the immunocompromised. Who can't go much of anywhere unless it's sterilized. Oh, super bad, transmittable, contagious, awful virus. If we don't act quick and social distance, it will mire us. In a stretch of quarantine, the last until July. A super bad, transmittable, Super bad, transmittable, contagious, awful virus. Super bad, transmittable, contagious, awful virus. Well, that wraps it up for today's edition of the Tom Sumner Program. All three parts of the speech uh, from the president last night commemorating the one-year anniversary of the beginning of this uh, pandemic for most of us. I want to say thanks again to my guests, uh, Jeffrey uh, Littlefield. Uh, Jeff has uh, written the book Nelson Riddle, Riddle, Music with a Heartbeat. also want to say thanks to uh, Art Rias talking about his... Uh, first book in the Let's Talk series. And before that, a uh, very interesting uh, and fun conversation with celebrity chef, Chef Daz. See you Monday. Tom Good night, everybody. Program is a live variety show. We want to acknowledge all of our guests who play such an important role in the show. 
and our cavalcade of cohorts from coast to coast for their regular contributions. Most of the musical accompaniment was provided by people in or from the Flint area. Many of the pre-recorded portions of the Tom Sumner program are made possible by Flint's own Steve McComb and Pencil Sketch Recording in Nashville, Tennessee. If you have comments, questions or suggestions about the show, find us on Facebook. This is Prue Clearwater. Join us next time for another edition of the Tom Sumner program. And thanks for listening.